Good evening. I'm Mel Fabregas. Tonight, I have an encore presentation for you so I can spend the holidays with my family. We've all heard of Bitcoin. Four years ago, I conducted an interview with Cliff High. Cliff was very excited about Bitcoin and even gifted me my first Satoshi so I could start the journey, the Bitcoin journey, back in 2013. Many people, including me, thought Bitcoin was just a trend that would be short-lived. It would fade away like a flavor of the month. At the time we recorded our interview, December 2013, the price of a Bitcoin was about $200. As of December 2017, four years later, the price is almost $18,000. That's almost a 9,000% increase. Some say Bitcoin needs to be worth $1 million to be a legitimate currency. According to John McAfee, Bitcoin is headed to $1 million by the end of 2020. A couple of personal observations. Central banks are becoming very concerned. The jump in value is organic due to the limited amount of Bitcoins, or it could also be orchestrated for a possible crash. It could be bait in order to acclimate the population to digital currency. Regardless, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are here to stay. And anything that competes with the central banks is good enough for me. We dedicated a lot of time to Bitcoin during that time. Well, Cliff was right. When you listen to this interview, you may think he's referring to today's events, not four years ago. That's why I chose this episode tonight. As they say, hindsight is twenty-twenty. I hope that you can listen with a fresh set of ears. And before we proceed with tonight's interview, I wanted to remind you that you can now send comments and questions to me with your own voice. Just go to the member section and you will see the link right there. I will be accumulating a number of your messages and will air a future episode addressing your comments and questions. So let me share a couple of these messages with you tonight. Here's the first one. Hello, Mel. This is George Cunningham. I just recently resubscribed. I just wanted to send you a message. I enjoyed the interview with Neil Kramer, and I like the additional third segment that you included. I think it's a great idea to help disseminate information. I really appreciated the third segment. It was very informative information, and um, Veritas has been a part of my truth journey for a long time, so I hope you'll continue the new ideas and uh, the new option that you mentioned, and I hope to continue listening to your interviews. Thank you for your work. Hi, George, and thank you. Glad you enjoyed the interview with Neil. And yes, I will continue adding additional segments with extra audio to complement future interviews every so often. So I agree with you. Thank you. And here's another one which happens to coincidentally discuss tonight's interview. Hi, Mel. This is Fernando Yañez from Uruapan, Michoacán, Mexico. And I want to say hi to all of the Veritas family out there. I've been listening Veritas Radio since 2010, and I can tell you that I have learned way much more in the past eight years than in my entire school years. And also, I want to point out that besides all the knowledge that I have gained with the Veritas show, I got to hear for the first time in my life about Bitcoin in your program through Cliff High. This guy is amazing. And if I can choose one of the most brilliant minds of the 21st century in this planet, definitely it would be Cliff. 
Thank you for your knowledge, Cliff. By the way, please make a full show talking about all cryptocurrencies. Cliff would be a great guest. People need to know about this subject because if we learn how to control our own money, we can start taking power out of the powers that want to be, and together we can turn around this worldwide mess that we're living in. Thank you and have a great holidays. And thank you for those kind words. Fernando from Uruapan, Michoacán, Mexico. Uh, maybe you need to connect with Vic Giza, who also lives in Michoacán, I believe about an hour and a half from you in Morelia. And like you, I've also learned more in the years I've been doing this program than all the years prior. So we're all learning together. Well, I received your message after I already had planned to air tonight's interview. So it was a coincidence that you mentioned Bitcoin. And what a great idea, a full show about all the cryptocurrencies. As you all know, Bitcoin is just one. So yes, once Cliff's situation improves, I will approach him to do a full show on this. And one thing I like to let everybody know about cryptocurrencies is that I don't have to worry about my money being rejected because it could be counterfeit. When you transfer Bitcoins to someone, you don't hand over a Bitcoin. You submit a transaction to the network. The network then makes sure your address is valid and has the proper value. So there's no risk of counterfeiting because there's nothing to counterfeit. Anyway... Enough of this. Just wanted to show a couple of the messages. So I hope that you can contact me with your comments and questions and I'll display them in a full show or maybe I'll add one or two every so often. So thanks to George and Fernando. I also want to take this opportunity to wish you a happy holiday season. Merry Christmas if you celebrate it. And a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Now, enjoy the interview. Tonight's special guest is a very good friend of Veritas and joins us this very special fifth anniversary. I'm referring to the creator of Internet Prophetic Computer Program that predicts or forecasts future events on a global scale via an asymmetric trend analysis report, commonly known by us as the WebBot. You can learn more about Cliff High and purchase his reports by visiting his website at halfpasshuman.com. And to discuss trends for 2014, I would like to welcome Cliff High back to Veritas. Hello, Cliff, and thank you for being with us on our five-year anniversary. Yes, congratulations, and thank you for inviting me. It's very cool. Thank you very much. And as you were telling me, uh, you are being sprayed. There's so much to discuss today, but I'm going to start with with something that a lot of people are seeing more and more, chemtrails. You're seeing that a lot, and it's affecting you health-wise, isn't it? Yes, there's absolutely no question about it. It's been a um, constant battle as the rate of the spraying increases to maintain uh, positive health in the environment. Uh, specifically, I suffer from um, most from sinus problems, but also maybe starting to suffer from uh, joint issues as a result of the heavy uh, exposure to the crud in the chemtrails, strontium, barium, aluminum, and so on. The aluminum is also very worrying because of its impact on the brain being uh, very tightly associated with the onset of Alzheimer's. So it's um, it's been uh, a real struggle. My response has been over the years 
Uh, first off, it, it's incremental. So the first time I got a sinus headache, for instance, no connection whatsoever as far as I knew uh, in my mind to the chemtrails. At that point, I think I was actually unaware of chemtrails uh, uh, at all. This is probably 94 or so. And never had a sinus headache or anything close to it. Thought it was a migraine. And then over the years, it finally dawns on me, you know, as the chemtrail levels increase and the number of and frequency and the intensity of the sinus headaches increase. Aha, maybe there's a connection here. And uh, sure enough, you can plot it one for one uh, that I get these uh, uh, terrible headaches. And, and I've also gone to the uh, trouble of going out at night with the uh, third generation um, night vision goggles on nights of heavy spraying and you can see the material coming out of the chemtrails as a an electrostatically sensitive that is to say it is picked up by the uh, mechanism of the third generation night vision goggles and it displays it as sort of a fog and you take the goggles off and there's no fog whatsoever this can be any kind of uh, atmospheric conditions and you'll find this is the case whether it's extremely cold and you may have a fog form off the ground that sort of a hoarfrost fog or whether it's in the middle of summer and you, you get these giant elect, electro what i call electro fogs that come rolling down out of the sky and they're quasi-cohesive. It seems to hold together. It doesn't want to disperse once it's on the ground. And little puffs of wind blow it all around. And then you'll realize, hmm, I'm breathing, eating, and living in that. And this ain't good. Absolutely. Aluminum associated with Alzheimer's. Barium associated with heart conditions. Depletes the body of, of potassium. Strontium, radioactive, and causes cancer. And I have a, uh, I know somebody who's, very high up in, in one of the major airlines, and I asked him the question the other day because he sees them where he is, and he said, it's not us. It's not the commercial airliners. It's a military or somebody else because they fly at a much higher altitude, about 60,000 feet. But do you think this is for geoengineering or is it for eugenics? There's a real question about that. Um, first off, I know that the chemtrail guys do fly at a higher altitude, and we have proof of this because over the last 20 years, they've forced the commercial flights to fly lower. And it's had a direct uh, impact on the cost of their fuel because the lower they fly, the denser their, the air. Right. And thus, the more fuel they use. They used to love to fly in the forty to 50,000-foot range, and now they're being even restricted into there and forced down lower. And a lot of them are wondering why. And it has to do, I think, with the atmospheric alterations that the chemtrails are going on. Now, they're causing. Now, the issue of um, is it geoengineering or eugenics, um, there's no reason to suggest that it's an either or proposition. I would think that geoengineering is a, a, a population killer because if they change the planet, uh, to the point where it's acidic and suited for the, um, uh, you know, a, a green slime space alien crabs that are doing all this behind the scenes, then obviously humans won't be around. So it, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think if it is geoengineering in that sense, then uh, there will be a drastic uh, effect on the human population as well as the other life. And we're seeing that right now. Uh, large uh, extinctions and die-offs. Now, this could be part of a natural extinction cycle, which occur in any event, and I think that that is a case that we're into one of those, uh, but who knows what effect the um, geoengineering or the spraying of the chemtrails is having. If it were directly, I've often thought, well, if it's a direct, if it's an assault on humans, uh, that they want to pollute, want to pollute and kill humans, it's really a slow and stupid and uneconomical way to go about it. 
And so in that sense, I know the military mindset, the military mindset is basically would be expressed as the idea, oh, you want us to gas them? Sure, we'll gas them. They'll all be dead in 20 minutes. And then the politicians would say, no, 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 we want them dead in 50 years. And the, and the military guys are going to say, no, that makes no sense at all. They wouldn't wouldn't operate that way. So uh, so if it is someone that is attempting to do a uh, slow poisoning in a very selective fashion, again, it's a uh, it's incredibly inefficient way to approach it. I mean, beyond beyond any level of understanding. I also often wonder, you know, how they they dispose of fluoride is a what I believe is derived from aluminum, and they no, actually, it's a steel process. Uh, steel waste. process. Yeah. So they actually put it in the in the local water supply. I wonder if so many people are protesting about this that now they're taking aluminum instead of disposing it the right way. Why don't you spread it around, you know, cities to make people dumb and stupid and and you know create Alzheimer's and all sorts of of disease. I could buy the idea that they're using aluminum in an uh, approach to dumb everybody down, but I don't see it as using it as a waste product because they've got to go to some ex uh, trouble to get this refined aluminum at that grade uh, into the um, into the chemtrail mix. For bear in mind, aluminum is. Uh, or bauxite is the, the second most prevalent ore we've got on the planet, but it's extremely hard to extract into uh, and make into a metal that's useful, which is why aluminum is such a late arrival uh, in our uh, metallurgic history. Okay, it wasn't, uh, I mean, we had, uh, humans start with stuff that's simple and we work our way forward. So we started with tin, we started with copper and gold, easily malleable metals that we could locate and that had a tendency to clump together in nature. We then went on to the, um, uh, more denser metals of iron, etc., which uh, would be more slightly more dispersed because ferrous metals have a tendency to rust out, and they're sort of a, just sort of a reddish soil as opposed to a copper vein that you might actually find, and so or gold or silver where you can actually find veins of the things running in rock, and so uh, aluminum is even further down the chain there as a more sophisticated metal because it's just built into the into the substrate of the whole planet, and you can just grind up basically. If you wanted to go to the trouble, you could probably dig deep enough or far enough in on almost any place on the planet and find sufficient quantities of bauxite in order to make a uh, usable uh, aluminum out of out of it. But it's a very sophisticated process that's very high in in energy. And then they take that aluminum and then they further refine it to get it to the five nines grade pure that they're dumping out of the airplanes. It's not waste aluminum that's up there. This is a microparticle aluminum that that. Uh, that after the huge electrical cost of zapping the bauxite and creating it and pouring it into aluminum, they then had to take this aluminum and uh, refine it even further with an even more cost. So it's not disposal of a waste product. With the case of fluoride, you had a huge mountains of the stuff piling up in the east as a result of the steel uh, industry uh, producing it. And one of the... the um, apocryphal tales is that you know they said aha we've got so much of this why don't we just let the people eat it and right that's when they that's when they started shoveling it at, at us uh but um the, it's not the same case with the uh, chemtrails this highly sophisticated level of engineering as we see by their dispersal uh you know they now have uh, they started off and they've grown their ability to disperse uh, multiple kinds of chemtrails. They've got them on stop and uh, start action now, so they can make little puffy clouds. Whereas before, it was uh, initially it was these rainbow oily smears. I haven't seen those for years. I used to actually be able to sit here on my back deck and take photographs of large um, rainbow effect uh, oil-based 
clouds floating overhead and and see them and take photos with my digital camera because they were casting rainbows in that cloud itself. And it would just float on by. Strangest thing you've ever seen. And uh, it was not a generalized rainbow and or any of this. And it was related directly to the chemtrails and I think to the uh, crude level of the process at the time. And we just don't see those anymore at all. Now we see this extremely effective uh, gray slime that can, you know, four planes and you've got uh, two hours later, you've got gray slime uh, in an area 60 miles by 120, uh, which is basically what they do for Puget Sound is they uh, they smear us with this slime and then they spray continuously and it blows to the east. Now, at first, I, I thought today, oh, they're attempting to make snow here, but in the type of um, uh, chemtrails they're spraying at the moment, I doubt that's the case. I think that whatever they're doing at the moment is going to be um, is designed to have an impact further inland as the winds bring up uh, come up to later tonight and into tomorrow. And this uh, is my la- this is my last thought on on chemtrails. I will move because we have so yeah. many other topics. But you know, I wonder if how much influence they have over the weather service because sometimes I see they report for tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be cloudy, and I wake up in the morning and I see the planes. No real clouds in the whole day. And after they spray for a couple of hours, the entire city is clouded. So what influence do they have on the weather service to report that it's going to be cloudy, but it's based on the chemtrails? They, well, they own the weather service. Yeah. I mean, the, the individuals that may protest are quickly eliminated and gotten out of there. Uh, you know, it is estimated that there's three CIA employees working in every single radio and uh, TV station in every single one of the major markets. And maybe even down into the second tier, which would be the top 55 sta- uh, cities in the United States. If that were the case, uh, in some of these stations, that would mean that, that one third of the staff was working for the government surreptitiously. And I have no doubt of that at all. Uh, that, that indeed there are um, agency controls placed on the media at all levels and uh, they report troublemakers and, you know, they can be um, uh, very easily dealt with with the uh, mechanics of the uh, society that we have at the moment. They don't have to take anybody out and shoot them for questioning uh, this kind of thing. They're just reassigned or, you know, they get a bad review and they're fired you know, it's a very iffy business to begin with. You're never really sure what's happening. You know, uh, entertainment per se is a um, uh, probably one of the riskier businesses around in terms of just the uh, flavor of the month kind of a deal. So, and people are fired just because their hair doesn't look right. And so, is that the case, or were they asking the wrong questions of the wrong people? And this brings me back to Edward Bernays, the father of uh, propaganda. You know, you see news right now being read from a script. You can change channels at the same time, and it's pretty much word by word the same thing. The same thing's happening in schools now. Teachers are reporting that Common Core is taking individuality from the classroom. Do you see this standardizing of everything in the future? No. Actually, this is the last gasp of the dying old order and it uh, it's not going to be effective we're not going to go into a dark 1984 uh or you know um THX 1138 kind of vision of the future it's not going to be that regulated and it's not going to be that controlled in fact it will be the exact opposite of that uh from the viewpoint of of um the unenlightened individuals we're going to go into a period of chaos um, for a number of years, perhaps uh, two, three, four generations. could be hard to say. Uh, the effects are going to be felt in different ways and, and the chaos is going to arise from different sources. So, for instance, we won't go the way the control freaks want us to go because the 
heavy handedness, heavy handedness with which they're operating. The fact that they've taken the velvet glove off and they're smacking people around and shooting the dogs and shooting people just on the uh, intimidation factor. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.